You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Numbers chapter 11, and we'll read from verse 1 through verse number 15. The Bible says, And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burned among them, and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses. And when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Taborah, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again, and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish, which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons, the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. And the manna was as a coriander seed and the color thereof as the color of delum. And the people went about and gathered it and ground it in the mills or beat it in a mortar and baked it in pans, and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was as the taste of fresh oil. And when the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell upon it. Verse number 10, Then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them, that thou shouldest say unto me, Carry them in thy bosom, as a nursing father beareth the suckling uh, child unto their land which thou swearest unto their fathers? Whence should I have flesh to give unto all this people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. I am not able to bear all this people alone, because it is too heavy for me. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee, out of hand, if I have found favor in thy sight, and let me not see my wretchedness. And let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for this account that is recorded for us in Scripture. And I believe that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. I believe it's written for a purpose. I believe it's written for our admonition and for our learning. And I pray that you'd help us to learn and help us to be uh, helped and challenged. And I pray we'd all be convicted today because of this truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I'd like to preach to you this morning, but I'm preaching to you. uh, But I'm also, I'm preaching to myself. And... You know, I think every message from the Bible, I think we need, but this is a message that God was been working in my heart as I was reading through the book of Numbers and through the book of Deuteronomy. I kept coming across a word that was found over and over again. It's actually found in the New Testament as well. Uh, This is not just an Old Testament problem. This is a New Testament problem. This is a, a 2022 problem. But God's people, it seems like they couldn't stop murmuring. That's the words you find in the Bible, to murmur. It's found in uh, Numbers 11 and verse number 1. It's the word complain. 
The word murmur, it means to grumble or complain. It has the idea to lodge. Now think about this, murmur. It has the idea to lodge somewhere, to stay somewhere, to abide or to dwell somewhere. And you know, really, that's what complaining is. Complaining is not just when you have a passing thought about a situation. Complaining is when you start to dwell on it in your mind. And it begins to fester. And the next thing you know, it has completely affected your attitude. It has affected your relationships. It has affected your speech. It has affected uh, how you feel. I believe, I believe there's some health problems people have. And I believe a lot of it comes back to the fact that we're so negative. We as a people are so critical. You turn on the news and many times on the news what you hear is complaining. You go to work and many times what you hear is complaining. Sometimes you go home and at home you hear complaining. Sometimes you come to church and you hear complaining. Well, I got news for you. That's not the way God intended for it to be. And all of us, I think today, I think we need to look in the spiritual mirror and we need to look ourselves in the mirror and I think we need to decide that with God's help, we are going to stop being a complaining and a murmuring people. Exodus 15, the people murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? Exodus 16, Moses said, your murmuring is not against us. Your murmuring is against the Lord. Verse number, chapter 17, verse 3 of the book of Exodus, the Bible says the people murmured against Moses. And they said, have you brought us up out of Egypt to kill us? and our children and our cattle with thirst. Numbers 14, verse 2, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and they said, we should have just died in Egypt. We should have just died here in this wilderness. That's all that's going to happen anyway. We see that God's people in Numbers 11, they were murmuring, they were complaining. The Bible tells us in Numbers 11, in verse number 10, that Moses heard the people weep throughout their families. Every man in the door of his tent and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. Can I tell you, it's a problem for me if I murmur to anybody. It's a problem for me if I come to Brother Askew and uh, Brother Askew is the chairman of our deacon board and I come to Brother Askew and I say, well, did you hear about what this member did? Did you hear about this person said? Did you hear about this and that? That's bad enough. But you know what happened for the children of Israel? They took it home with them. And the Bible says that in their tents, their families, verse number 10, through, I heard the people weep throughout their families and every man in the door of his tent, they took it home. You know what happens, friend, if you become a complaining or a griping or a murmuring Christian? It's going to affect your marriage. It's going to affect your children. It's going to affect your workplace. It's going to affect the church. And God's people got so so consumed with their murmuring, the Bible says that the Lord heard it and it displeased the Lord. Verse number 10, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. We see in the book of Numbers, in the book of Deuteronomy, that the children of Israel murmured against the leadership. By the way, we do that, don't we? Hey, my boss did this, or, or the, the mayor did this, or, or, or the judge. You know, I can't believe the judge did that. And, and boy, we're so quick to complain about leadership. Well, I'll tell you one thing about leadership is you try walking in those shoes for a day or two, and you'll find out it's not as easy as it looks. But they complained about the leader. Who was their leader? It was Moses. 
Was Moses, was that an accident? Oh, no. God's the one that sent Moses to lead them out of Egypt, but they complained about the leadership. We see, number two, they murmured against the Lord. They didn't like what God had done. God, why did you do this? Why did you not allow this? Why did you allow this? And they murmured against the Lord. They murmured about their situation in life. You know, sometimes that's, that's maybe not a specific thing, but sometimes we just don't like the spot where we are, and we murmur. They murmured about God's leading and how God was leading or how God was not leading them as fast as they thought they should go. We in 2022, and myself included, there's a, there's a spot down here on the front row, and I may go sit down there in a minute because I think I need this probably more than anybody. But you know, sometimes we complain about things, don't we? Don't leave me up here all by myself now. Don't, don't do that to me. We will be here a long time if it takes that long for us to all get engaged this morning. We do that, right? I'm not the only one, right? Okay. You know what we complain about? We, as in me, complain about the weather. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too windy. It's too rainy. It's too dry. It's too, the, all my allergies, you know, all the tree pollen. All oh, the snow, all the this, all the that. And by the way, and I'm not saying you can't comment on the weather. I like to comment on the weather. To me, it's interesting. I like it. But if I'm not careful, it can shift from commenting on something to complaining about it. So I'm going to have a bad day. You know why? Because it's raining outside. Oh, hey, praise God for the rain. Pray that's a blessing from God. Oh, I can't believe it's so sunny outside. I'm going to get sunburned. Well, there's this brand new invention. It's called a ball cap. You know, you ought to try it sometime. You'll be all right. But can I tell you, we complain about the weather. Sometimes we complain about finances. Uh, and by the way, you may be having some financial problems. And with the way we, things are in our economy, uh, you're probably, we're all going to probably have some financial issues. But I was reading a, a, a post this week from a missionary. The missionary posted a picture of a, of a gas pump at a gas station. I thought it was in the United States, but it wasn't. But it said the gas was $6 a gallon. And this missionary said, by the way, he said, the average income in our country, he said, is $200 a week. That's for the breadwinners. That's for the head of households. $200 a week. They work a 40, 50-hour work week for $200, and the gas is $6 a gallon. Now, you do that math. That's pretty expensive. And this missionary said some of our people are having a hard time just getting gas money to get to church because the gas is expensive and because the wage is so low. And I thought, you know, it's bad here, but it could be worse. And can I tell you, if we're not careful, we'll start to complain. We all will start to become uh, murmuring about things that we're going to let that affect our lives. We murmur, we complain about the government. Uh, we complain about the president, or we complain about the governor, or we complain about, uh, you know, the, the, the county or the city or the, the, the judicial system or whatever. Well, friend, I just want to tell you this. God's word tells us that we are not supposed to complain, period. You say, well, pastor, that's the Old Testament. The book of, book of Numbers. That doesn't apply to us. Well, allow me to read a verse that does apply. By the way, Numbers applies too. Philippians chapter 2, the Bible says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. Was that clear? Do all things without murmurings and disputings that ye may be blameless and harmless. The sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine 
as lights in the world. I wonder what people think that work with us and that live around us and see our, our, our Facebook and see uh, our comments and, and see our reactions. I wonder what people think that are lost, that don't know Jesus, and all we do is complain. And all we do, let me sit down here so you know I'm talking to all of us, all we do is we complain. Now, I understand I'm not preaching against all the sins everybody else is doing. We like that, don't we? Oh, boy, those people out there, those people drinking alcohol, boy, we need to get, they need to get right with God. And they do need to get right with God. And those people out there doing drugs, oh, yeah, they, oh, that abortion crowd, oh, yeah. And, boy, we get excited about that. You know why? Because we're not doing it. Whew. But today, we're talking about something that's hitting pretty close to home. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. The children of Israel were complaining. We complain about the weather. We complain about the government. We complain about finances. We complain about the job. I'll tell you this, I'm thankful to have a job. I'm thankful to have an income. And by the way, this church, you are so kind to me and my wife and to our staff. And you are so, you're, so, you're amazing. But I'm thankful I have a job. I'm thankful that I have an income. I'm thankful I have a, a, a way to support my family. Can I tell you, we, we, we complain about our house. Our house isn't big enough. Or our house is too old. Or our house is too big. Or it's too small. Or it's too this. Or it's too that. We complain about our car. Oh, I tell you, my car, it's so old. You know, I've had my car for, you know, five years. Well, guess what? There's a lot of people that'd be a brand new car for. My family, oh, if you knew my husband... If you knew my wife, I don't say amen there. If you knew my kids, if you knew this, if you knew my parents, what well, well, hey, hey, time out. Can I tell you? <laughs> First of all, they may not be the problem. The problem may be you. But we complain and we, we murmur and we gripe about so many things. How about the church? Ah, oh, I tell you what, that piano player. I can't believe Miss Cheryl. I can't believe that offertory she played today. Oh, I can't believe that. Oh, our song leader. Oh, the choir, what was their problem? They looked like they were happy. Everybody knows choir members shouldn't look happy. Oh, and I'll tell you what, our ushers, did you see the way they were passing those? No, nah, they shouldn't do Well, we complain about everything. We live in a society that is complaining, and many times I find that that has infiltrated the church. That has become a part of our lives, and may I tell you, God's not pleased. The Bible says the people complained, and it displeased the Lord. We complain about our country. And by the way, I understand our country's got problems. Our country's got issues. But I'll tell you this, I've not had a desire uh, in the last few weeks to move to the Ukraine. I've not had a desire recently to move to Russia. I haven't been thinking about moving to China. I haven't been thinking about moving to Canada. And by the way, the people in those places, I think God will take care of them. And I believe they can be content. And I don't believe contentment is based upon the things you have. I believe it's something that God does in your heart. But if we're not careful, we complain. Number one, let me give you quickly the message. And I've, I've gone a long time with the introduction, but I've got a lot to say. Number one, I see in this passage the reason for their complaining. Now, I had Brother Dan intentionally, and I, I was going to cut it down, but I had him read the first 15 verses of Numbers 11. And here's why. I wanted you to see that there's not like some hidden secret in, these, in this passage. I've read the whole book of Numbers several times. I've read Numbers 1 through 10 several times. I've read Numbers 11 many times. And I keep looking for the reason 
why were God's people complaining? And you know what the answer is? The answer is they got tired of manna. Now, manna is something that God gave them every day for six days. On the sixth day, they were to gather for two days so they could get double. And you know how much they had to pay for the manna, that the food? Zero. You know what they had to do? They had to go out and they had to gather it. They just had to pick it up. Could you imagine if Food Lion announced, no longer do you have to pay for groceries, you just have to come and get them. Oh, I tell you, that Food Lion, they make us go all the way over there and get our own groceries. No, we're not complaining about that, are we? All they had to do was go out and gather up the manna. It was there every day. It was fresh. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that men did eat angels' food. I don't know, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was uh, nuggets from Chick-fil-A that they were picking up off the ground. I don't know, maybe it was hush puppies from Ralph's Barbecue. And maybe God had some little sides of honey butter there for them to get and scoop up. I don't know what it was, but let me tell you, it was good. You know why it was good? Because God gave it to them. God provided, and everything God provides is good. But they had no reason to complain, but that was their reason. We don't like this man anymore. Let me give you a few thoughts for the reason. I think one reason is that they focused on the wrong things. Notice verse number five. They said, we remember the fish, which we did eat freely in Egypt. Whoa. You didn't do anything freely in Egypt. You were slaves. You were driven by taskmasters with whips just to work. And you're making it sound like you were on a cruise ship and you had a seafood buffet, all you can eat? Oh, no, 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 no. you got some problems going on upstairs, folks. You didn't eat that fish freely. By the way, it says that we had cucumbers, we had melons, we had leeks, we had onions, we had garlic. Uh, to me, that's not just getting my taste buds going right there. But they said, oh, it was so much better in Egypt. You know what they were doing? They were focusing on what they didn't have rather than focusing on what they had. And but you better watch out because you and I, we can do the same thing. We can look across the way and say our, see our neighbors and see our friends and coworkers. Oh, I tell you what, I wish I had what they had. You probably don't, actually. You ought to just be thankful and ought to be thankful for what God's given us. They focused on the wrong things. But then I want you to notice this. Next, they're friends. It says in verse number four, this is very interesting. And I've read this many times. I hadn't quite seen it like this before. But it says in verse four, there was a mixed multitude that was among them that fell a lusting. And that word lusting is literally a, a, a desire or, or a longing for things. Well, they were, they were longing for the things of Egypt. And, and by the way, that's my next point, is that they wanted the things of the flesh instead of the things of God. Be very careful having a desire for the things of the world because you will lose your appetite for spiritual things if you get filled up with the devil's junk. But that's what was going on. But notice this, they're friends. It says the mixed multitude. Now, we see the mixed multitude also in the book of Exodus. But when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, it appears that there was a group of people that came with them out of Egypt that were not God's people. They were just trying to tag along. Maybe they were trying to escape the judgment. Maybe they were trying to get away from the plagues. Maybe they just were curiosity seekers. 
But they followed the children of Israel out of Egypt, but they weren't really sold out. They weren't really believing God. They weren't worshiping God. They were just along for the ride. But notice with me in Numbers 11, in verse number 1, it says, The people complained, and the Lord was displeased, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. Now, now what's the uttermost parts? It's the outskirts, right? Now, hang on. Now, stay with me here. This, this blew my mind because this is exactly how it works in business. This is how it works in ministry. This is how it works in life. You know who usually does the most complaining? The people that are on the outskirts. They're not involved. They're not serving. You know who usually complains about the choir? The ones that don't come to practice, the ones that don't sing in the choir. You know who usually complains about the bus ministry? The ones that aren't driving a bus. The ones that aren't working on the bus route. You know who usually complains about, you know, the nursery and the children's It's the people that aren't doing it. And you know what this mixed multitude was doing? They were on the outsides looking in saying, oh man, this is no good. I think we're going back to Egypt. I, think, I don't think we want what's going on here. I think we're taking, a, taking the next bus back. And we find that they got around the wrong crowd, the mixed multitude. And God judged them and the fire of the Lord fell and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts. I want to challenge you today. You better watch out for that crowd because that crowd exists in every church, every business, every school, every organization. There are people that aren't necessarily involved, but they want to tell you how you should be doing things. They want to tell you everything that's wrong with what you are doing. Now, now don't ask them to do anything. They're, the, they're the, 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 the couch quarterbacks. They're the ones that, oh, let me tell you how I would do it. Well, you know what I say? Give it a try. <laughs> You'll find out it's not as easy as you think. Number one, I see the reason for their complaining. They just got tired. They got tired of the manna. They got tired of God's blessings. They, they, they were thirsty. They said, we have no water to drink. Now, I'm not, I'm not a, a scientist, but I do know something about water. Now, help me out here, okay? This bottle is purified drinking water with minerals added for taste, I might add. This water was purified by reverse osmosis. Uh, for a report on water quality information, you can call this number or visit this website. Wonderful. But you know where this water came from? You know who made this water? God. Did you know they're not making any more water? Did you know that in Genesis, when God created the heavens and the earth, he made all the water, okay? There's not a factory somewhere that is making water out of nothing. Do we understand that? So here's what the complaint was in Exodus. They said, we don't have any water. We're going to die of thirst. Oh, God, you brought us out of here, and we don't have any water. Well, guess who did have water? God. He's the one that made it all. Three days before they were complaining in Exodus, guess what God had just done to all the water in the Red Sea? He had parted it. I mean, he literally, with his hands, pushed it back and held it back, and here they're worried about a drink. I got news for you. God's not going to let you starve. God's not going to let you thirst to death. God's not going to abandon you. God has brought you this far and God can take care of you and God can meet your needs if you and I would stop complaining. Did you know when they were thirsty, here's what they could have said. Lord, 
could you please give us some water? We sure are thirsty. But instead, here's what they did. God, I can't believe you brought us out here. There's no water. Now, which do you think you would respond better to? As a parent, you know which one I respond better to? I got Lacey and uh, Savannah here. When they want something, I respond a lot better when they ask for something they need rather than complaining about something they don't have. And God's people failed to ask and instead they resorted to complaining. Number one, the reason for their complaining. Number two, God's reaction. Now again, if I heard complaining from my girls, I would not be happy and, and you would not be happy. If you're an employer, you're not happy when your workers complain. But I had to read this passage again and say, whoa, am I reading this correctly? This is not Sodom and Gomorrah where God wiped out cities because of homosexuality. That's not, this isn't what this passage is. This is not people falling down and worshiping idols and offering human sacrifices. That's not what this is. This is people complaining. And you know what God did? God sent fire down from heaven. Now, I think, this is me, I think that's a little much, but I'm not God, and neither are you, and I'm not telling you what you would do or what I would do, I'm telling you what God did, and it displeased the Lord so much that God consumed them with fire. As a matter of fact, they called the name of the place Tabra, that word Tabra literally means burning it was a burning place. It was a fiery place where God judged them. That was God's reaction. The Bible says in the book of Jude, these are murmurers, complainers who walk after their own lust. God calls these people ungodly. God calls this sin. If God never changes, and by the way, he never does change, then if God hated complaining in the book of Numbers, and if he hated complaining in the book of Jude and he hated complaining in the book of Philippians, I'd say God still hates complaining today. So that's a problem because we do a lot of it if we're honest. Say, so, well, pastor, I had uh, Miss uh, Linda Brown. I love Brother Don and Miss Linda. She came up after service. She said, that helped me. She told me about a few things. I never thought of that. And then she said this. She said, you know, pastor, sometimes, and I don't think she'd mind me saying this. I hope not because I'm saying it online. But uh, Miss Linda, I love you. Thank you for the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the help. But she said this. She said, sometimes she said, I don't say it, but I think it. And I told her, I said, you know, that's exactly right. Sometimes we say, well, I don't complain about things, but in your heart, you're not content. That's, that's, what, that's what murmuring is. It's being discontent with what God has done or God has not done in your life. So I've never, nobody here has ever heard me complain. Well, you don't have to say it for God to hear it. He is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. Can I tell you, I don't want to be a complaining Christian. I don't want to be a murmuring Christian. I don't want to be a Christian that displeases God because of my attitude or because of my spirit or because of my words. I want to please him. So let's look quickly. What do we do? What's the remedy, remedy for our complaining? First of all, I believe it's prayer. Look at verse number two. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. If you're here today and you've got a situation that you're not happy with, you've got a situation that you don't think is right or you don't think is fair, can I tell you this? Don't complain to God. Why don't you call on God? 
why don't you pray to God? Why don't you ask God to help you? Why don't you say, God, instead of saying, why? Why don't you say, God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me in this? God, what needs to be different in my life? One, you could pray. Number two, the Bible says in verse number two, and the people cried unto Moses. And when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. Now, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I think every Christian needs a church. I just believe that. I believe you need a church. I need a church. We all need a church. But I'll go a step further. I believe every Christian needs a pastor. I don't think a pastor is some super, you know, human person. No, 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 no. A, a, a pastor is a human, just like, just like we are, okay? But I believe every Christian needs a pastor. So, well, pastor, are you trying to lift yourself up? Oh, no, 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 no. As a matter of fact, I'll go a step further. If I can't be the pastor that you need, then you need to find one. Because you need a pastor. You need somebody that's going to pray for you. You need somebody that's going to shepherd you. You need somebody that's going to help you. You need somebody that's going to go to God on your behalf. You say, well, we can pray. I know you can pray. And I hope you do pray. But you notice in this case, Moses is the spiritual authority. He's the spiritual leader. And Moses went to God. When Moses prayed, the fire of the Lord was quenched. You see, I believe we need a man of God. I believe we need a pastor. We need somebody that'll tell us the truth. We need somebody that'll help us and lead us and guide us. But then next, I believe the remedy is to praise. The Bible says in Psalm 107, verse 8, verse 15, verse 21, verse 31, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. What if instead of kneeling down with their baskets and kneeling down and picking up the manna and putting it in, what if every time they picked it up, what if instead of saying, Oh, here we go again. Got to eat more manna. Oh, I'm so tired of this. Oh, I need some fish. Oh, I need some cucumbers. I need some garlic. I need some leeks. I need some melons. Oh, what if every time they put a piece of bread in that basket, what if they would have looked up and said, Lord, thank you for this bread. We don't deserve it. You've been so good to us. You brought us out of Egypt. You parted the Red Sea. You've given us a promised land. We're on our way there. And what if instead of complaining, what if they would have been praising? And what if they would have been grateful for what God has done? Lastly, I think the remedy is you got to get a purpose. You know, complaining, in my experience and what I see in the Bible, complaining does not make a situation better. It makes it worse. So what if we would say, hey, we're going to do something about it. If we don't like a situation, hey, then why don't you work to change it? Why don't you pray about it? Why don't you do something about it? Why don't you help somebody else? I'll tell you how we could stop complaining pretty quickly is if we would just get burdened for others and realize that there's a whole lot of hurting people out there that got it a whole lot worse than we do. I'll tell you, that would help us if we get a purpose. Corey Ten Boom, you've heard the story before. She and her sister and her father were arrested during World War II for hiding the Jews from the Nazis. They were sent before a judge, and that judge sentenced them to go to a concentration camp. They went to that concentration camp, and the, the conditions were terrible. The guards were terrible. The punishment, it was an awful place. Many people did not survive. As a matter of fact, uh, Corey and her sister, their father, died just a few days after they were arrested with the treatment. But Corey and her sister, they were in that concentration camp, and somehow they had smuggled a Bible into that concentration camp. And they were in this, the barracks where they were stationed with a whole group of uh, other prisoners. And 
they noticed that the guards had not come to do any checks for quite a while. And they thought that was interesting. And they were having their Bible studies. And one day, Corey or her sister, I forget which one, but one of them said, I wish God would get rid of these fleas. That barracks had just been completely infested with fleas. And I cannot imagine those kind of conditions. And I can't imagine living like that. And they were just, they were really complaining is what they were doing. And then one day they overheard heard one of the guards. And the guard made the statement. He said, I'll tell you one thing. He said, I'm not going anywhere near that barracks. He said, I'm not doing any more checks in that barracks. He said, because that thing is so infested with fleas. And you know what they realized? That the thing they were complaining about was the very thing that God was using to protect them from the guards. That was the very thing that enabled them to have a Bible and to have their Bible studies and to have their time of worship with the other people in that barracks. Now, I know, obviously, we're talking about a couple different sides. One is this. I think we certainly should not complain about the blessings, the manna. I think we ought to be thankful for that. But then when we do have trials, when we do have hardships, I tell you, I'm glad that our God has a purpose. And our God has a reason for everything we go through. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to His purpose. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.